Vancouver-based Tech Resources has agreed to sell its coal business to a Swiss commodities trading giant named Glencore and two Asian steelmakers for a whopping $12 billion. Uh, That transaction will require federal approval and it will be closely scrutinized by Ottawa uh, as well. Now, Tech was founded in 1913. It's Canada's largest diversified mining company and a major employer right here in British Columbia and one of the oldest miners in the country as well. Glencore uh, has agreed to uh, purchase 77%, 77% of Tech's coal business. The rest will be uh, purchased by Japan's Nippon Steel and South Korea's POSCO. Now, the long list of commitments Glencore has made, included, including it will maintain jobs here in Canada, make billions in capital expenditures over the next few years, and increase spending on research and development. Well, to help us make sense of all this is Kirk LaPointe, publisher and executive editor for Business in Vancouver. Kirk, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure, Jeff. So what do you make of of this uh, announcement that Tech Resources, a big BC company, uh, agreeing to sell its coal business to uh, a Swiss commodities giant and two Asian steelmakers? What do you make of this? It's a bit early to tell on the sense of whether this is uh, problematic for our country in terms of uh, having control over um, and and ownership over, uh, over the resource sector. In this case, um, you know, Glencore has already does own quite a lot in this country. Um, they've had a, at times a bit of a troubled history in terms of uh, of their operations that I think has concerned some people. But they, um, you know, they are promising uh, to be really good corporate citizens uh, to, to you know uh, infuse uh, lots of money for investment, for research and development, and to preserve jobs here. And I think that that tends to be where we uh, we draw the line these days in terms of deciding as a country whether we want to permit further foreign ownership. Do you think we make it too tough in this country for resource uh, uh, companies to, to operate, whether it be regulations, whether it be um, protests and environmental regulations? Do you think we're scaring some of these companies away? Well, there's no question we're scaring investment away. Uh, I think that um, it has to be a, a marquee player like tech that is going to attract um, international development because it is such a sophisticated company. But for earlier stage companies, there's no question that people don't see Canada as a good place to bring their investment. Um, tax competitiveness is pretty terrible here. Regulation is quite stern. Uh, we we seem to try to be world leaders in a lot of areas where it's not necessarily to be the toughest. You can be the you know, eighth and ninth toughest and still be just fine in terms of what you're doing. And, and I think um, you can see that, that capital uh, coming into this country has, uh, has weakened uh, compared to other territories. Mm-hmm. I do worry sometimes, and you're right, uh, you know, Glencore has got a, a record of only other uh, mining firms uh, and uh, other other um, assets, uh, and they have tremendous talent within those in that company. I always worry that when when uh, companies from abroad come over, uh, they get the inter- intellectual property or the key executives, and they eventually either they sell or sometimes move some of that intellectual property. In this case, it's mining. You can't. But I always worry when foreign ownership comes in. Event eventually, Canada loses something along the way. Um, now, in this case, uh, beyond just talent. 
uh, and this is metallurgical coal. Uh, it's met coal used for things like steel, not thermal coal, which is used for heating around the world. Um, and it's not a critical mineral, but at the same time, do you think we need to toughen our rules or at the very least make it difficult for those who wish to buy some of these strategic assets, particularly in and around mining? Yeah, it's a, it's a case-by-case uh, area, and I, and I think that that's what we've started to experience is that perhaps now we're, we're getting greater and greater understanding of what are the criteria in order to, uh, in order to, to permit uh, foreign ownership or deny it. Um, you know, we've, you know, we, we've had foreign investment review agencies. We've, we've had a, a raft of ways in order to set some kind of guardrail on whether um, entities can come into this country and and uh, and, and buy um, some of the, especially at, at scale, some of the uh, industries. Um, and and I think what we're what we're experiencing now is yet another wave of this. But but I go back to the point that really what what we've been really lacking in this is uh, is, is the kind of tax treatment of this in such a way that we we don't make it um, all that appetizing for uh, international firms to come in when they have other opportunities to invest globally. Mm-hmm. Now, I know uh, the Globe is reporting, the Globe and Mail rep- is reporting that the BC Premier David Eby uh, said earlier this year, I believe it was in June, that he had concerns yep. about Glencore buying Tech's coal operation because of uh, Glencore's past offenses, which were related to bribery and corruption. Uh, now, it's important to note that Premier Eby doesn't have the authority to block the bid for tech, although he did suggest, according to the article, that he would petition Ottawa to, to do so. Um, broadly speaking, do you think we can turn the clock a little bit in this province where we will get perhaps greater investment once again, uh, not just in mining, but in forestry, LNG, and others? Because it, it seems well, it's, we're almost at yeah, the point where it's, it's a lost decade here in our province and and growing in, in time. Yeah, I... I go back to um, uh, a recent project that the Business Council of British Columbia undertook, and it had to do with the impact of Clean BC as an initiative on the economy and what it does in terms of turning the clock back. Uh, and, and essentially, uh, over the next uh, 15 years, or 10 to 15 years, looking at, uh, at what the initiative is going to do in terms of uh, weakening the economy and putting us in a less strategically competitive environment, again, from a tax treatment standpoint. So, you know, I, th- I think we're still um, we're still finding that we're not uh, necessarily uh, uh, as productive an economy and and as uh, efficient an economy when it comes to tax purposes. And I, and I think that's just, uh, it doesn't much matter uh, what David Eby is, is contemplating in all of this. Um, he has his own issues to to answer for in the province, but I think again, back to your point, um, review of this uh, is is not David Eby's uh, territory, and and I think you can see that that in a lot of ways he he will say this in the way that he talked about you know the Bank of Canada needing to stop uh, raising interest rates. It's it's a little bit out of his lane, but it's popular politics, you know, and. He, He's got a good nose for that. (laughs) That that, that is true. Kirk, as always, thank you for your time today. My pleasure, Jazz. Have a good day.